This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. I got to tell you, sometimes I feel like if they don't put a muzzle on President Biden, he simply cannot be trusted to not say things that could, you know, start a world war. The guy is just uh, really struggling. And I feel bad for him. I mean, I don't like him, but I still feel bad for him. It's happening in public. You know, he's the leader of the free world. And he just says dumb stuff. Like, what was he? What did he mean when he told all the leaders at this APEC uh, conference over there in uh, San Francisco? When he said, "I want to talk about Gavin Newsom. He's a hell of a governor. As a matter of fact, he can be anything he wants. He can have the job I'm looking for." Like, what does that mean? Is he handing him the football? I, I just sometimes I. I just scratch my head. He referred to Xi Jinping as a dictator. Probably not a good move, even though he is. <laughs> you know, you got to make up your mind. He also mentioned they're doing the same little uh, interlude where he's talking about Governor Newsom. He actually said that uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, who's also another uh, San Francisco Bay native that you know she was the da and then she was the attorney general i'm particularly grateful for the bay area for giving our great vice president the chance to become vice president she's the best she's an outstanding leader and a great partner what i'm i'm still trying to figure out if there is just anything if i can find anything to commend kamala harris about she is the most non-existent vice president like ever. I was trying to think of other vice presidents who were pretty non-existent. None rival her. I mean, Al Gore wasn't much of a rival to her. He tried to do all kinds of, you know, climate change stuff. And certainly Mike Pence was a very active and verbal vice president. And, uh, well... It just, uh, it, none of this makes any sense to me. He told London Breed, who's the mayor of San Francisco now, that she had the hardest job in American politics. This was right before, like Joe Biden is speaking, right before Gwen Stefani starts singing. Is it just me? Or does anybody find that like just an odd musical selection for the President of the United States during this APEC summit? At least when Donald Trump would bring on music prior to meeting with the world leaders, 
It was usually like, I'm proud to be an American or some kind of patriotic song. Or at worst, it would be, you know, I'll keep fighting song. But, but the, you know, Gwen Stefani? Maybe it's just me. But, uh, you know, singing Hey Baby or Sweet Escape just doesn't make me feel very American. This, of course, was the first full day yesterday of this APEC. And meeting with Xi Jinping was obviously the most important thing that was scheduled to happen. And then, of course, today he gets to make his speech. I don't know if he did it already. Who cares? I'm sorry. It's, it's terrible to say that, but I'm sure it'll be nothing special and maybe worse. Maybe it'll be something that ends up making us look terrible, certainly making him look terrible. Then he has to go to some dialogue and working lunch with the Indo-Pacific Economic Framework family photo event. What on earth do we host these things for? What is the purpose of this? It's like none of us believe that whatever we're hearing is what's really happening. Everything is happening behind closed doors that actually matters. We know that. We're not, we're not dumb. I know they think we are, but we're not. And I just, I, I sit here sometimes and I don't have a clue how, how the world stands by and doesn't overreact and be afraid. I, I would be afraid if I thought that my fate didn't lie in my own hands or in the hands of my elected leaders, but was in the hands of Ro Joseph Robinette Biden. You gotta be kidding me. And by the way, I missed probably the best question when I had Matt Gates on yesterday. Um, somebody else actually asked him this question yesterday about, I, I did talk to him about the deal the um, short-term funding deal and all the rest of it, and he did, uh, you know, speak on that. But somebody asked him yesterday what he would do if the new speaker made a deal with the uh, Democrats just to get something done. And he, uh, he said he would resign. Really? that if they strike a deal and they vote for whatever it is, he said the next time it won't be a Republican, no matter what the numbers are, it'll be a Democrat in leadership. 212 Democrats are gonna vote for Hakeem Jeffries every single time. He's a historic candidate, they're not gonna stop. So the, the, you gotta look at if centrist Democrats say that they'll back Speaker McCarthy if they promise to have like co-controllers, whatever you call co-chairs, co so that it wouldn't be in the hands of the majority party, but it would be in the hands of, let's say, Hakeem Jeffries and, and Kevin McCarthy. What is this? We're inventing new ways of, of governing? It's just frightening. And, and I... I keep asking myself, like, is anybody else paying attention? Last night I, uh, I spoke. First, I have to tell the story of getting there. 
like I was scheduled to speak at six o'clock in Delray at the South County Civic Center, which is a great location, easy for me to get to most of the time, jump on the turnpike, get out at Atlantic, come, uh, you know, a little bit east and a little bit south, and you know, you're right there. It was a tsunami out there, so bad that my husband, who really, if I'm going somewhere relatively close, he doesn't always accompany me. He, you know, as long as he knows that it's going to be a, a secure venue and as long as I'm, you know, armed, he doesn't worry about me. But the weather was so bad and my driving skills are negligible these days because I, my vision's just not as good as it used to be. Neither is my hearing or anything else, but, and neither are my reflexes. Driving in the rain in the dark is difficult for me. I'm not ashamed to admit it. So he saw the weather all day yesterday that was just ferocious storm, which by the way, did I miss it? Because I don't remember any weather forecast that said how bad it was gonna be. It's so bad that they closed Broward County Public Schools today. Now, I certainly didn't get any inkling it was gonna be that bad from weather reports, not the ones that, that I heard on the radio, not the ones I heard on the TV, not the ones I saw on my app, my weather app, but it was really bad. So we, my husband drove me, and I've said this a million times, but it's true. In the state of Florida, if it rains, people go absolutely crazy. They cannot drive. They do crazy things like put their blinkers on, uh, their, you know, the hazard lights, blinking, blink, blink, blink. They slow down as if if you're doing 30 miles an hour instead of 50, um, everything's gonna be okay. It doesn't change the weather and it really is not safe because nobody's expecting to come up behind somebody doing 30 miles an hour on the turnpike. But thank goodness he did drive me. And when we got there, I was surprised. There were quite a number of people who came out. And when you see weather like that and you have a speaking engagement, you generally say like, okay, it's gonna be me talking to the wall, but it wasn't. People are really upset. People are concerned. People who support Israel are, they're just unhappy and they want to be encouraged. They wanna believe that things can get better. And you know me, I'll, I'll light a fire. If there's just an ember, I'm gonna fan it into a flame. And so I did what I, I set out to do, which was to just get people to be encouraged and not to give up. Because if you give up, like Matt Gates, I'll resign. Uh, if you give up, then we really have no chance of surviving what's coming. But if you have that spirit and that will to fight back, well, I, I'm an American who believes that there's still great days ahead of us if we get our acts together. So I hope I did some encouraging. I got a beautiful uh, painting of Donald Trump, beautiful portrait. Got a great gift certificate. I'm going to Stallone's for dinner. I mean, I really like, you know, um, anybody wants me to drive out in the rain and go and treat me like a queen, feel free. Uh, and the people were lovely. You know, I got into a little bit of a tussle with a, a lady who, you know, listen, I've heard it 100,000 times. I don't blame her. Everybody goes through this, but everybody always wants me to tell them what's politically expedient, not what I think is right, not what I think is best for the country, not what I truly believe, but what will help them win elections. Because if we don't win elections, we can't govern. Well, I got news for you. 
I don't think it's news to my audience by and large, though. Uh, apparently, even when we win elections, we can't govern. If we, by we, you mean conservatives. Doesn't matter. You have to have the will. You have to have sheer uh, guts to come up against the forces of evil, and that's what they are. Democrats are, are the forces of evil. I'm not taken down anymore. You know, the, this particular woman was concerned that the right to life position is, is is dead. It makes too many people not vote for Republicans. People who don't vote for Republicans because of the position on life, I I don't believe this. Some big quantity of them. They'll they'll hold their their noses and vote for Republicans if they're conservatives. If they're not. If they're liberals or they're moderates, they're not they're voting for you. It doesn't matter what your position is. You know, that's that's the simple truth. So, you know, I felt bad, but I had to tell her, look, I'm standing on principle. I'm not changing. I'm not changing my principles. You want to know why we have such massive disregard for life, why young kids will go in and shoot up a elementary school? It's because we give no value to life. We haven't since 1971. And uh, they didn't want to hear that. Well, too bad. When you, when you bring me out to speak, you're going to get my truth. I'm not going to tell you what's politically expedient, because I really don't care. I used to do that. I used to say, well, we have to do this so we can get elected. And then we do it, and uh, we just would fail. I don't want to fail anymore. Let's do it right. Donald Trump didn't ever back down from his position. Ronald Reagan never backed down from his pro-life position. So stop telling me you can't win elections with that position those are two men who certainly did and were very, very clear about their position, including our 45th president, who put amazing, three amazing Supreme Court justices on there, and we had the overturning of Roe v. Wade, something I was told would never happen. The American people will never allow that. Okay, wrong again. Anyway, don't forget to download the app, the 850 WFTL app on your phone, on your laptop, on your computer, wherever you can, so you can listen to the podcast, you can get news alerts, and you can get weather alerts. Maybe if I'd had the weather alert button on, I would have known it was going to rain like that. Um, and of course, it's just a convenient app to have, or if you don't want to put an app on your phone or whatever, just visit the website, 850WFTL.com, so you can join in the contest and hear the podcast. Let me take a quick break. I will be right back. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
So I don't know about the rest of you, but like I, I am so confused by this whole like TikTok generation. I just don't understand it. I don't find it that interesting. I have never gotten addicted to it. I did have a brief period of time when my husband was watching a lot of these uh, little short TikTok videos. And then when I explained to him that it was probably China stealing information and brainwashing our children, he stopped. <laughs> but there was something circulating on TikTok, or it's been circulating for quite some time now, that really just makes me sick to my stomach. The, um, the Chinese party, the communist Chinese party or whatever, the CCP, they have to be behind this viral TikTok trend right now that has a whole bunch of these Gen Z types enthralled with a letter to America that Osama bin Laden wrote. Okay, now we're talking 9-11 stuff. A lot of these Gen Z people weren't even alive when the World Trade Center and the Pentagon were attacked. So they don't really know the facts. I doubt they're teaching them in schools. I don't know what they're teaching in schools, but it doesn't seem like very much. So here's what's been going on on this TikTok platform. They literally determine what's gonna be the conversations that young people are having. So they had this pro-Palestinian influencer who found a letter that Osama bin Laden wrote 20 years ago. I guess it had first appeared on an online newspaper out of Great Britain, out of the UK. So this influencer, this pro-Palestinian influencer, like what does that even mean? I'm a pro-Palestinian influencer? Is that your title? I, I, it's crazy. She posted a video saying that bin Laden, the man who was responsible for 9-11, that he was right, and that Jews have no historical right to Israel, and that America is responsible, is to blame, for any and all violence in the Middle East. That video got two million views, and now it's everywhere. Twitter, or X, whatever it's called, Reddit. Here you have the CCP that literally owns TikTok, brainwashing American young people. There's no doubt about it, right? They're using these algorithms to make sure that all these pro-Hamas videos are trending. And so they made sure that this pro-Osama bin Laden letter is trending. Now, I can't think of any worse monster than Osama bin Laden. It's like they're, it's like they're mocking us. It's like right in our faces they're saying, hey, we're gonna brainwash your younger generations and you're gonna watch us do it. What, why are they so successful doing it is the question. Well, the reason is because we have a generation of young people in this country who are obsessed with getting little hearts or getting likes. They wanna be popular. They have no real friends. They don't really have relationships. It all exists on sort of this 
you know, metaverse or whatever you call the internet platforms that they spend all their time on. And that's all they want. They want to be influencers. They want to matter. They want their uh, TikTok video to get a, a million likes. That's all that matters to them. But that's why we really need to be thinking more carefully about these things. You, I know that if we don't pay attention, if we don't understand what those algorithms are, and how they move what this whole generation, which is pretty dumb, I'm sorry, I I apologize if there's anybody listening of that generation, but it may be not you, you're listening to this radio program, but you know your friends are all empty-headed. They're like dumb. I said last night, they're, they're as dumb as bricks. They don't know anything. So now you have a communist country who has figured out the algorithms and then they deliberately manipulate the algorithms so that they are filling Gen Z's brains with un-American evil, really evil. So we're at the beck and call of the Communist Chinese Party. We're, this is a socialist, communist movement that is growing in this country. Its goal is to keep us fighting social agitation, civil and political unrest in our country, and it's working. Proof is in the fact that just one TikTok post, posting a letter that, uh, can we all agree we should denounce? That it's a disgusting letter from Osama bin Laden blaming us for everything in the world, particularly in the Middle East? And, and this is what your young people are watching. Shame on us. Shame on the parents. Shame on this government. We're our own worst enemies. And yet, I don't know. There's a whole lot of hypocrisy in the media. That's for sure. People talking about the flames of division. It's, it's the news media that's done that. it isn't but it is some forces that we better get a handle on we better at least know they're out there and what they're up to because I watched one of these uh, videos apparently TikTok has taken down the original but it's everywhere now I didn't have to look very hard and it was somebody reading this letter that Osama bin Laden wrote Uh, made me sick to my stomach to think that there are like all these 30-year-olds running around, 25-year-olds running around, 20-year-olds running around who think that Osama bin Laden is right and all the problems of the world are a direct result of Israel and the United States of America. They believe that. And why wouldn't they? They've heard it enough times. And what's your counter message? What are you doing to, to tell the truth? Probably a big fat goose egg. That's kind of what I was saying last night to these people who really wanted to know what can we do, what can we do. We got to fight back. We got to right the wrongs. Can't let that stuff just be sitting out there and not even make an attempt to to tell the real truth or to combat the lies. So much hypocrisy. 
really. I mean, that's why when I get up, I said, I said it yesterday, I said it last night, I'll say it again today. It doesn't disturb me to see the chaos in Congress yesterday with, you know, one senator threatening some, uh, somebody who was addressing uh, a committee or to see that one uh, congressman sticks his elbow in the back of another congressman because I'm not a hypocrite. This is happening all over the country. Why wouldn't it be happening in Congress? We are not civil, so why pretend we are? That's really the tragedy, is that we'd like people to believe we are something we're not. But listen, somebody's got to tell the truth. When we come back, I'm going to talk about, you know, there's another big stupid controversy. I'm not going to spend much time on it, but it kind of is relevant to what's going on right now in America. And it's like this very public battle that's happening between Ben Shapiro and Candace Owens. And like, they both work for the same organization, which by the way, Ben Shapiro founded. I don't think he's the CEO anymore, but it's certainly, you know, he is the founder of Daily Wire and she works for Daily Wire. But what's so amazing to me is that a public feud like this is exactly what I'm talking about. There is no civility. There's no civility among colleagues in businesses like radio or television or the print. There's no collegiality in academics anymore. There is very little civility. So why do we sit around and go, oh my God, how could they be so uncivil in the house? How did they, how did they stay civil in the house is my question. Let me take a break. Stay right where you are. I will be right back. So apparently there was some kind of an interview that went down. Um, again, this just kind of adds fuel to the fire where Candace Owens was talking to Tucker Carlson and explaining, I guess, her position. And Tucker Carlson you know, there's a lot of things I, I, I never agreed with Tucker Carlson on the Ukraine. I don't agree with Tucker Carlson on a lot of things. That doesn't mean I find him any less of a compelling personality. I think he's probably the most compelling personality out there. But anyway, so they're having this discussion, and he mentions, I believe before she said anything, that he thinks that it's really odd to watch people commentators, radio personalities, and I would count myself among them, who have gotten so terribly upset about October 7th and what happened. And that where were we when people were dying of fentanyl? And you know, this is how Tucker Carlson generally frames things. It's always as if it can't be, you can't be upset about both and you can't see one as symbolic more than another and that somehow I must have dual loyalty because I was more upset about what happened on October 7th in Israel than I seem to be every single day about the Americans who were dying of fentanyl. And, and he went on to explain how, you know, this is a real crisis and people don't seem to be paying attention to it. I don't think anybody can say that about me. First and foremost, not only have I been paying attention to it for years, I've been harping on it for years. 
I am involved in the community. Forget about my radio show. I'm involved in, you know, the recovery community. And I've been talking about the horrors of fentanyl and how having an open border has been created a culture of death in this country. And those same Gen Z people that I'm so frustrated with because they go on TikTok to basically uh, believe lies. Those are the same people who are dying of fentanyl overdoses. They certainly don't deserve to die because they're stupid. And stupid, many of them are. But, you know, the idea that Tucker Carlson didn't understand why someone like Ben Shapiro, who doesn't hide his Jewish identity in any way, shape, or form. I mean, Ben Shapiro is one of the few young guys I know that always wears a, a kippah, a yarmulke. He is a, a proud person of Jewish heritage, but I don't doubt his being an American ever. I hate when people do that. When they say, if you like Israel or you love Israel, that somehow that compromises your love for America. I love America. I love Israel. One does not negate the other. I live in America. So apparently I love America more because if I wanted to, I could live in Israel but I'm an American. First and foremost, I have a great love for Israel. It is everybody's biblical home. You know, somehow one way or another, just about every major religion has some genesis literally in the Holy Land, in Israel, in in the, the part of the Middle East that they've been fighting over since the beginning of time. So, my love for Israel doesn't mean I love America less. As a matter of fact, my love for Israel is because I love America so much that I would like to see other thriving democracies, even in the Middle East. How about that? I don't see a contradiction in that. And that's what makes me um, just really wonder what Tucker was talking about or some other personalities are talking about when they seem to imply that you can't love Israel and, you know, and be a good American and that you can't think what happened on October 7th was horrific unless you uh, will talk just as much about the fentanyl deaths that happen every day in America. I, I don't see how one cancels out the other or how one is more important than the other. It's really not. Although... You could say watching an attack against Western civilization, against a democratic nation, is different than watching this sort of nefarious, behind-the-scenes fentanyl deaths that I believe the CCP is responsible for in great part. And yet my president is sitting there, you know, uh, chowing down with Xi Jinping. You know, he could stop fentanyl manufacture. In China, he's not gonna. You know, why not close the border and keep these cartels that are trafficking the fentanyl out of my country? You know, that might be a, a better solution than sitting around and telling me I shouldn't feel bad about what happened on October 7th. Or I shouldn't feel as bad about that as I do about the fentanyl pouring across the border. I think they're both horrific, okay? But I think that when you see an entire 
race of people targeted for annihilation, the same race that was just targeted 80 years ago, it's probably a good idea to get upset about it and get emotional about it. Why is that offensive to Tucker Carlson or anybody else? You know, I, I truly, I, I just truly scratch my head sometimes. You know, I, he, I had that feeling about him with Ukraine. And I don't, look, I don't think we should be pouring endless amounts of money into a war that apparently has zero possibility of Ukrainians, uh, you know, surviving much longer. Massive amounts of death. It's very confusing to me how it bothers people that, you might be upset about the brutal slaughter of innocent people on October 7th in the name of, you know, some sort of religious war, but really in the name of just anti-Semitic rhetoric. So, you know, don't be surprised when you find out that some of the people that we thought were our allies, not so much, not all the time. Sometimes... They're just wrong. And if, if you know, well, here we go again. It's that term that they use all the time. Well, it's disproportionate. We, we shouldn't have a disproportionate response to the slaughter of babies. What would, be, what would be proportionate? If we went about and killed Gazan babies? Of course not. But here you go, you know. It's disproportionate for Ben Shapiro to be passionate or upset about the slaughter of innocent Jews, civilians. Like somehow that upset Candace Owens, it upsets uh, Tucker Carlson, and, and you know, listen, I'll, I'll gladly stand alongside of my friend Ben Shapiro because he's right. And uh, Tucker's on the wrong side of this one. Candace is on the wrong side. But I haven't been a big fan of Candace's in quite some time. I think she's interesting, an interesting personality. But um, no, no, she's, she's totally wrong about Israel as well. Um, and that's okay. She's allowed to be wrong. I don't have to, I don't have to think that, that they're all right most of the time. I never did. I never thought that about Tucker Carlson. I never thought about Megyn Kelly. I never thought about any, Bill O'Reilly, any of them. So that's not me changing. That's them changing. All right, don't forget, coming up after me is Eric Erickson, followed by Joe Paggs and Lars Larson, the overnight guys. Jen and Bill will be back with the South Florida Morning Show at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, then at 9 o'clock, Brian Kilmeade. At noon, it's Stan Bongino. And then I'll be back to wrap up this week at 3 p.m. I have one segment left today. Stay right where you are. So something that I have been saying for a long time and that my husband has been saying for a long time is that the reason it's important, and here this is, you know, send, I'm sending this out to uh, Candace Owens and to Tucker Carlson and to all the other people who want to minimize the horror of October 7th or convince me that somehow my allegiances couldn't possibly be with Israel if they're with America. That's nonsense. But uh, he had an interview, I guess it was last night. I didn't see it. 
but I read something and now I'm going to watch the, uh, the video of it when I get off the air. But uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu told Sean Hannity that America will be next. That if the IDF doesn't decimate Hamas, they're coming for us. And I've been saying this for over two decades. I'm not the only one, but I certainly can speak for myself. I've been saying this for almost 30 years. And if Israel doesn't win this war, not only do they stand the chance of being annihilated, we're next. There's no question about it. The whole Middle East will be in flames and plenty of Arab nations will suffer mightily. And then they're coming for you and me. You know, do you really think Iran cares so much about the little state of Israel? They think the big, the great Satan is you and me in America, Western civilization, Australia, Canada, all of us. They can't have a caliphate if we still exist. And we pose much greater a threat to them than Israel does. Although you'd be hard pressed to make anybody believe that these days. Israel's, uh, you know, they're not afraid to show their hand. So it's time to face the fact that if you really support the Gazans, which is all I keep hearing from young people, well, then you want to want to free them from this tyranny, this brutality that us has done to them. Hiding weapons and, and military equipment inside of hospitals, inside of, you know, ob obstetrical wards. Who does that? If they don't win this, if Israel does not win this, I think, and I think what Netanyahu said last night is Europe will be next and then we're next. So their fight is our fight and they have to do what's right and they have to win this war. And yes, they're winning that war for their, their own sake, but even more importantly, it's for the sake of, uh, of civilization, for the sake of humanity, for the sake of you and me. The prime minister is telling the truth, unlike our own, you know, blithering idiot out there in California right now. They want to see the American people survive. And with illegal immigration and everything else that's going on under the Biden administration, there's a lot of, a lot of question marks as to whether or not we'll survive either. Are they... You know, do we have terrorist sleepers in this country? Do we have Chinese spies in this country? It's time for some accountability. And the people who are presiding over the situation should be voted out, not rewarded with a second term. It's an unmitigated national security disaster that we have. And it's an evident, it's evidence of an inability to lead what should be the most powerful nation on earth, the U.S. of A. But hey, Sure does keep things interesting when Candace Owens and uh, Tucker Carlson decide to pick a fight with Ben Shapiro. Be careful which side you're on. Thank you for your time this time. Until next time, my plan is to be back here tomorrow at 3 o'clock to wrap up this week. If it be his will and he delays his coming, what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. 
And then may God bless you, may God bless Israel, and may God bless the United States of America. See you tomorrow. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.